The following shear has been presented by Dayan Yehoinesen David Hul, Dayan for the Bey Savad in Yerushalayim, and is brought to you by the Bey Savad Halacha Center. Bobakama, Daf Kuf Tes Vov, The Gemara here discusses a number of explanations of a Machlokas Amaroim. One of the explanations is of Rav Zvid, who says the Amaroim are being Cholik in the halach of Yish and Shini Rishus. If, as much as Yish and Shini Rishus is Koina, Shini Rishus and Yish is also Koina. Rav Papa said the Machlokis is talking about Takonas Hashuk. So in today's show we're going to discuss both these Nukudas. Firstly, with regard to Yish and Shini Rishus, if someone steals something from somebody else, then it still belongs to the original owner, even if it's in the hands of the Ganav. However, if the Ganav does a Shinui to the stolen object, he changes the object into something else. For example, he takes pieces of steel pieces of wood and then he creates a table or a chair out of it. So he's done a Shinui Haguf. He has taken the essence of the object and changed it into something completely different. In such circumstances, the halacha is that Shinui Koina. The Ganav actually now owns the stolen object. However, of course, he still has to pay the owner for the value of the object that he stole. But the owner no longer the object no longer belongs to the owner, it now belongs to the Ganav. If the owner gives up hope of ever getting it back, that's called Yiush. The owner is Mitzyayesh, he gives up hope and he says, I'm never going to see that back again. Then the halacha is, although this is a dispute of the Gomorrah, the halacha at the end of the day is that Yish is not Koina by itself. So if someone steals something and the owner says, I give up hope of everything again, it still belongs to the original owner. And when we catch the Ganav, he has to give it back to the owner. However, Yish and Shinu Rishus is Koina. If the original owner is misyaish, he gives up hope of ever seeing it again. And then subsequently the Ganav transfers the object into the ownership of somebody else. He gives it over to a third party, either as a gift, or he sells it to a third party. Then that's called Yush and Shini Rishus. The owner is misyaish, and it's gone out of the Rishus of the Ganav into someone else's Rishus. And the Halacha is that that is Koina. In other words, the new owner actually owns the object. Now, what about paying back to the original owner? Well, obviously, if we catch the Ganav, then he's always responsible under all circumstances, if the object's still in his possession, to give it back. And if it's no longer in his possession, either he's done a Shinui, or it's de- he's destroyed it, or he, after he or she's given it over to somebody else. So now the original own object doesn't go back to the owner. However, the... Ganav, of course, has to pay for the object which he stole. What about we don't catch the Ganav, but we do find the person who's bought it off him or received it from him for a gift? So in this respect, we find two differences of opinion between the Rambam and the Mechabra of the Shulchan Aruch on the one hand, and Tosfus and the Rosh, followed by the Ramah on the other hand. The first Machlok is, is, according to the Rambam, what would be if the Shini Rishus came before the Yish. 
In other words, the gunner stole an object. For example, he stole a car. The owner didn't yet give up hope of ever getting it back. Perhaps the owner hasn't noticed that it's missing yet. And the gunner gives it over to somebody else as a gift or sells it to somebody else. Subsequently, the owner, still having discovered that his car is stolen, is misyaj and says, I give up hope of ever getting it back again. So instead of having a yush followed by a shinurushus, we have a shinurushus followed by a yush. So according to the Rambam, there's no difference which way around it is. Just as much as yush and shinurushus is kinder to the new owner, so too shinurushus and yush is also kinder to the new owner. However, says the Rambam, in both cases, even though the new owner owns the object, however, he actually has to pay back the value of the object if the original owner ever comes to him and asks for it back. So a Yish and a Shinnerishos, or a Shinnerishos and a Yish, grant the, new, the stolen property to the new owner, and he can keep it. But, if he ever discovers that it's stolen property, and he finds out who the original owner is, he has to pay back the value of the object that, that he received to the original owner. According to the Tosas and the Rosh, they argue with the Rambam on two points. First of all, they say only Eosh and Shinni Rishos is Kona, but the other way around is not Kona at all. If first there was a Shinni Rishos, the Ganav gave it over to somebody else, and subsequently the owner was Mishyaj, then if we ever discover that it's stolen property, we have to give it back to the original owner, and it doesn't at all belong to the new owner, not like the Rambam. That's the first Nakuda. Second Nakuda, if there is a Yush in the Shinrushus rather than the other way around, is first there's a Yush and then a Shinrushus, then it belongs to the new owner entirely, and he doesn't have to give anything back to the original owner. So there's two Machlokas in the Rambam, and on the one hand, and Tosas and the Rosh on the other. The Rambam says Yush and Shinrushus works, and Shinrushus and Yush also works. Whereas Tosfus says, no, only Yush and Shinnerushus works, not the other way around. Secondly, according to the Rambam, when it does work, the new owner owns it, but he has to still pay back to the original owner the value of the stolen property. Whereas according to Tosfus and the Rosh, in the case of Yush and Shinnerushus, which the new owner owns it, he owns it entirely, and he doesn't have to own any, give anything back to the original owner. Now, by way of explanation, a little bit of the lambdas behind the machlokas between Tosfus and the Rosh on the one hand and the Rambam on the other, the Ksesa Choshin in Simon Shin Samach Beis, Sif Kotn Aleph, explains that according to Tosfus and the Rosh, the only way it works is first as a Yush and then as a Shin Rishos. Just like we find by Veda, a lost object, if the owner has been misyash, has given up hope of ever seeing it again, and then you find the lost object, then you're allowed to keep it. Because after yush, the hetero osana it's come to your hands when you pick it up, the hetero, with the hetero, not the isa, and therefore you can keep it. If you pick it up, the lost object before yush, then it's bisura osana and even if the balim is misyash afterwards, the owner is misyash afterwards, you've still got to give it back. However, if the Yish came first in the case of Aveda, then it's better Osiyoth, you can pick it up and you can keep it. So too, with a stolen object, if it's Yish already by the original owner, and then you went and got it from the Ghana without realizing it was stolen property, then it's better Osiyoth, and you can keep it entirely and you don't have to pay back anything. Whereas, if you got it before the Yish, first there was a Shinrishus and then the Yish, then you're not allowed to keep it anymore. Why? Because it's Sir Osiyoth, just like by Aveda. That's a success explanation in Tosfus. The Rambam, however, holds that either way round it works, whether there's a Yush and then a Shinnerushus, or a Shinnerushus and then a Yush. Both way rounds you're allowed to keep it. However, the Rambam looks at it as always Bisur Osliyote. It's not like Yush of Aveda, where once the owner's been Mishash, you're allowed to take it. Here, since it's stolen property, even if the owner's already been Mishash, you're not allowed to take it. 
So it doesn't make a difference if the Yiddish came before or the Yiddish came afterwards. When you receive it from the Galif, it's always considered as Bisur or Osuliyote. And therefore, even though you are Koinah to an extent, you're never Koinah entirely. It belongs to you, but you have to pay back the value of the object to the original owner. So explains the Ksos to Machlevis between the Machaba on the Rambam on the one hand and Tosas and Rosh, which there are more Poskins like on the other hand. Now, in addition to these halachas, the Gemara in our Sukya explains there is such a thing as Takonos Ashuk. And this means to say that if we were to go according to the strict letter of the Torah law and return all stolen property to the original owner, then we would make free commerce very difficult indeed because people would never buy uh, objects and articles from other people because they would never know if it was stolen and if it were ever to be found out to be stolen then if, for example, the owner hadn't been misyash at all, according to everybody stolen property which the owner hasn't been misyash from, you have to give back to the original owner so no one would ever buy anything in case it turns out it's stolen and you'd have to give it back to the original owner and not get his money back from the original owner and have to go and look for the person who sold it to him and try and get his money back off him and therefore, in order to facilitate easy and free trade in, in movable objects, Chazal made a Takonos Ashuk. Now, in the simplest form, Takonos Ashuk means that if someone steals something from somebody else, again, for example, someone steals the car from Reuven and sells it on to Shimon. If Reuven hadn't been misyayish at all, he hadn't given up hope, then Shimon was just by itself, it's certainly not kinder to the new owner, and if we discover that if Shimon discovers that it's stolen property and it belongs to Reuven, he'd have to give it back and he'd lose his money and have to go and try and find the guy that sold it to him. However, since that would make things very difficult, Chazal said they made us a connoisseur shuk and they said that Shimon has to give back the stolen car to Reuven. However, since he bought it in good faith and wasn't aware it was stolen property, if Reuven wants his car back, he actually has to recompensate Shimon for the money which he gave to the Ganav. And therefore, Shimon gives back the lost, the stolen property to Ruven, the owner, but Ruven pays Shimon for the money he paid to the Ganav in order to compensate him. This is a special Takona in order to facilitate easy trade in these matters. However, this only applies if he bought it unwittingly. He didn't realize it was stolen property. In the words of Chazal, he bought it from a Ganav She'enum Mephorsum. The person he bought it from was someone who's not well known as a Ganav. However, if he bought it from a Ganav Mephorsum, he bought it from Smokey Joe, everyone knows who handles in stolen property, then he has no such excuse. He didn't buy it in good faith because he knew there was a good chance that it was stolen property. And therefore, he actually has to give it back to the original owner and he doesn't get his money back from the original owner. So Konos Ashuk was only made for people who bought something in good faith. Now, according to the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, there is an additional case of Konos Ashuk as well. Remember that according to the Rambam and the Mechaba, whether there's a Yehosh and a Shinnerushos, or a Shinnerushos and a Yehosh, the stolen property which has now been passed over to Shimon belongs to Shimon. However, Shimon still has to pay, according to the Torah law, Meikaratin, he has to pay back the value of the object to the original owner. But again, says the Rambam, that would make life very difficult for people buying and selling. And therefore, Chazal Meizat HaKonos Ashok, and they said, Although, if there's a Yehosh and a Shinnerushos, or 
according to the Rambam, Shimon now owns the stolen car, belongs to him, but again, if he bought it in good faith, from a gun of Shainim, a person, and he didn't realize that it was stolen property, even though Meikra didn't, he can keep it, but he has to pay back the value of the car to Reuven, but Chazal Medachakonus Ashokan says that Reuven has to give him back the money which he paid to the Ganav. So in effect, we cancel out one code against the other, and Shimon ends up keeping the car and doesn't have to pay for it. It's a special Takonos Ashok. Again, this only applies if he bought it in good faith from a Ganav Sha'inim Mephorsum. But if he bought it from a Ganav Mephorsum, says the Rambam, there's no such Takonos Ashok. And therefore, since the Yush and the Shinirishos, all the other way around, Shimon can actually keep the stolen car, but he doesn't have to pay back the full value to the original owner. What is interesting is, what would be if Shimon bought the car off the Ghana for a cheaper price than the, uh, than the value of the car? For example, the car is valued at $10,000. Shimon paid the Ghana $8,000. He didn't realize it was a stolen property, and he bought it for $8,000. So the Ramah, in his interpretation of the Rambam, says that according to the Rambam, Shimon owns the car, but by Ikaradin, he has to pay back the value of the car, $10,000 to the original owner Reuven. However, there's a Takanus Ashok, the Reuven has to compensate Shimon for any loss he had, any money he laid out to the Ganav. But in this case, Shimon actually only laid out $8,000 to the Ganav. So Reuven actually only pays back $8,000. So we cancel one Khoiv against the other, and we end up with Shimon keeping the car, but paying $2,000 back to Reuven. So says the Ramor, according to the Rambam. However, the Shach, and the Gon and the Beis have all learned in the Rambam that that is not the case. It doesn't matter how much Shimon paid to the gunner for the value of the car, if he bought it in good faith and there was a Yush and a Shinirushus, or Shinirushus and a Yush, Shimon can keep the car, and although Mikra didn't, he has to pay back the value of the car to the original owner Reuven, however we cancel that against any hope that Reuven would owe Shimon in, in, in order to compensate for any loss, and even if the loss was actually less than the value of the car, we cancel one against the other, Shimon keeps the car and he doesn't have to pay back any money. All this, however, is according to the Rambam. The Ramah himself holds like Tosfos and the Rosh. That if there was a year of Shedash in the new owner keeps it entirely, and he doesn't owe, it, doesn't owe any money back to Reuven. So in effect, we actually don't make, uh, don't need any Dekonosnashuk whatsoever. Because since Shimon now owns the car, and Meikha Adin, he doesn't owe any money back to the original owner, there's no need for Dekonosnashuk. What would be if there was uh, the other way around, uh, and then a Yush. Well, according to Tosas and the Rosh, we mentioned earlier, and so passes the Ramor, Shinirushus and afterwards a Yush doesn't affect anything, since the Yush only came afterwards, be Surah So according to Tosas and the Rosh, if there was a first Shinirushus and then a Yush, the new owner cannot keep it and he has to give it back to the original owner. Well, in that case, there would be the same Taikonos Nashuk as the original one which we discussed earlier. Just as we said earlier, that Shinru Rishus without any use whatsoever is certainly not Kenya to Shimon, and that everyone agrees to, even the Rambam. And under such circumstances, Shimon should really give it back to Ruven. However, Chazal said that if Shimon does give it back to Ruven, Ruven, as Taikonos Nashuk, has to pay Shimon for the money he paid to the Ganav in order to make sure that we can facilitate easy commerce and trade in such objects. So too, according to Tosis and the Rosh, if you think about it, if there's a Shinri Rishos first and then a Yush, since the Yush doesn't help because it's been sort of thing, we're back to the original case of just a Shinri Rishos with an ineffective Yush. And therefore, just where there's just a Shinri Rishos, 
obviously it goes back to the original owner. But in order to facilitate free trade, there was the same Takanos Ashok would apply, and, and Reuven would have to pay back Shimon any money that Shimon paid to the Gunnath. So now, just to summarize, let's take an example. Reuven has his car stolen, he gives up hope of ever seeing it again, he's misyaged, and the next day he sees Shimon driving in his car. He asked him, where did you buy it from? He said, I bought it in all innocence from a Gunnath, from someone who wasn't well known as a Gunnath. So now, what is the halacha? Well, according to Tosas and the Rosh and the Ramor, since there was a Yus first, and then a Shinrishus, the new owner owns it entirely, and Shimon can keep it, and he doesn't owe any money back to the original owner. And in this case, even the Rambam and the Mechaba will agree, because they hold the Yus and Shinrishus, or Shinrishus and Yus, the new owner owns it. However, Mikratin, he has to give back the value of the car to the original owner. However, since it's a Takonos Ashok, since Shimon bought it from a Ganesh Einum of Forsen, he bought it in good faith and all innocence, Chazal said the Ruvi would have to give back in effect the same money which Shimon had paid to the Ganesh back to Shimon. So in effect, we cancel out the two debts. Shimon keeps the car, he owes money, the value of the car to Ruven, but as Takonos Ashok, Ruven owes the money back to Shimon. So we end up, according to the Rambam, if there's a Yerush and a Shinnerushos, and he bought it from a gallon chain of a falsum, actually comes out according to the Rambam, exactly the same as Tosfos and the Rosh. According to both of them, the new owner can keep it, and he doesn't owe any, owe any money back to the original owner. According to the Tosfos and the Rosh, because that's always halacha by Yerush and Shinnu Rishos, according to the Rambam, because since it was a Yerush and a Shinnu Rishos, he really owns it, Shimon, except the Meikaradin, he owes the money back. Takaros Ashok says he doesn't have to give the money back either. So in such a case, everyone agrees that Shimon can keep the car, and he doesn't owe any money back to Reuven, and Reuven just has to pin his hopes on finding the Gunnath and getting the money back from him. As a final extra point here, it's worth noting that the Shulchanor, quoting the Trumas Adeshin and the Torah and others, Paskans, that if the Minigam Medina is that once we uh, find out that it's total property, we give it back to the original owner under all circumstances, and the original owner has to compensate financially the new owner as a sort of quasi Tekonos Ashok. If there is such a Minika Medina, then that would apply in Halacha as well. And the reason is, because in such places where there was such a Minig, the Shach explains that the Gudele Hadur at the time realized that it was a Minig which was worthwhile adopting, and therefore they adopted it according to the Halacha as well, and made a Tekona out of it. And in any place, in any country, or any city where there is such a minna, or such a takona, then any stolen property goes back to the original owner, no matter how people bought it in good faith, uh, uh, how much good faith the people bought it in, then the halacha would be that we'd have to give it back, and the halacha would follow the, the takona of the post-scheme of the town at any time when such a takona would apply. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center, for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars or media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the